Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I'm going to be responding to a mom whose daughter seems to be having difficulty playing more independently and needs her mother to stimulate her. Before I begin, I just want to remind everyone that both of my books, Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting, and No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, are available in audio at audible.com, also in paperback at Amazon, and an ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Apple.com. So here's the note I received. Hi, I follow your posts and do a lot of reading, but I'm still struggling with my three-year-old. She's been this way since she was younger, and I can't seem to change it or improve it. She just won't play by herself. She always needs my guidance or stimulation to play. It's driving me crazy as I have a 10-month-old to attend to along with a myriad of household things to do. So I'm finding it hard. How do I encourage self-play? A lot of exclamation points here. <laughs> I've tried setting up activities and it never works. Help! Okay, so a couple things here. First of all, what happens is a cycle is created when we believe it our job, as I know that I certainly did before learning about Magda Gerber's approach to parenting, we believe it our job to keep our child entertained and stimulated. And this begins a cycle of our child believing that they need us to do those things with them, that they can't do them themselves. And then, you know, it's difficult for them. And so then we continue and then they continue to, to receive those messages from us. So it is a cycle that only we can change. And the way that we do that is to, first of all, know that play is the most positive thing our child could be doing, especially when it's self-directed. They learn, they explore self, they get to follow their own intuition about things, and they get to develop a longer attention span and incredible focus because they are choosing the interests that they want to follow. It's a creative time. It's very therapeutic for children. A child will be exposed to something that's puzzling to them or just a little too exciting to them or scary. And you can actually see them sometimes. You can recognize them playing out those experiences to process them. This is the healthiest thing children could do for all of these reasons. I mean, certainly there's tons of articles and books all about play and the value of it. So this is a very positive gift for our child. And sometimes to do the best for our children isn't necessarily what makes them say, yeah, great, I'm very happy about this in the moment. Particularly if we haven't created this habit of self-directed play or fostered it, we don't have to create it, children are born with it, but we have to foster it. And it's easiest to do this from the very beginning with a baby, with an infant, not interrupting when they're not looking at us and not wanting anything from us, really trusting that they have thoughts, that they're figuring out, what am I doing here on this planet? Um, what's over there? What's going on? We can only imagine what their thoughts are, but understanding that children are able to do this right from the beginning. They don't need us to show them this and tell them that and, and uh, <laughs> keep them busy, keep them occupied. 
in a reasonably enriching environment, they will naturally seek out what they're interested in. So trusting that our children can do this and that it's the healthiest thing for them, that's really important as we're going into trying to change a pattern that we've created and understanding also how we've um, created it. (laughs) You know, this is, it reminded me when I read this, it reminded me of what happens with kids and homework. There's a lot of people that don't believe in homework at all. And I'm, you know, I'd certainly be fine if there was no homework. I don't think it's the end of the world in the older grades. I wouldn't have a kindergartner doing homework, but I think it's fine for older children. But what happens is parents right from the beginning, okay, we're sitting down to do your homework and they involve themselves in it. It becomes something that's their responsibility along with their child. And then so often I talk to parents who have gotten themselves into something where now their child won't do the homework unless they're helping. You know, maybe the child feels they, they can't do it without their parents' help. And the parent has to become the nag. You got to do your homework, you got to do your homework, got to do your homework. If you don't do that and you leave that as a responsibility that your child has, and really it's between your child and their teacher, then you never have to be the one making them do it. They do it, in my experience. You know, you might have to remind them, oh, you know, I can't let you do that until you get that done. But it doesn't become your job because we haven't created that dependency. So the same thing happens with play. We create a dependency, you know, with all our wonderful intentions. There's nothing wrong with us for doing that, but it is something we've done. So understanding that. And when a transition is made with something like this, there's going to be a rocky period of adjustment. It's not going to be seamless and smooth. So understanding that as well, but understanding again that this is a gift to give our child, you know, being able to be with oneself. This is the person that's always going to be there with you and to enjoy just being with yourself, learning about yourself, being in tune with what you like to do, your interests, how long you want to take exploring something in particular. It's, it's a gift. So this parent says, she always needs my guidance or stimulation to play. So somewhere in there, you know, and it could be, sometimes it's something like the child is teething, you know, and they're uncomfortable or something else is going on and they're, they're uncomfortable. And the parent says, oh gosh, I need her to play. Let me stimulate her instead of recognizing this is just a phase that my child's in, they're uncomfortable right now, and um, we're just going to get through this, and I'm not going to create a habit of entertaining or stimulating. So that's just one way this can go down. Like I said, this is an inborn ability. All children have this. You know, they might kind of lose touch with it, but it's there. So we've got to believe our children are capable of inventing their play. Without that, this isn't going to work. So with all the confidence in our children, with all the confidence in this being a wonderful transition we're going to help our children make, we can do this. And there's two ways uh, to do it. There's two things that we need to work on. One is when we are available to our child, We stay in a responsive, supportive mode rather than leading play at all, you know, rather than getting involved so that we're influencing the direction of our child's play. 
Now that can be difficult if our child is used to us being more involved, but children soon see that they love that kind of attention. This is what Magda Gerber called wants nothing quality time. I'm with you. You don't have to do anything fancy. We don't have to be doing an activity together. I'm just with you. You have all my attention. I'm here. You know, even if we're just sitting together, not even talking and not even looking at each other, I'm here for you. A child feels so nurtured by that. That's a very validating experience. And that's the kind of experience during playtime together that really helps children to be able to feel the uh, thrill and joy of, of self-directed play and want to be able to do this on their own. They don't need us to be there all the time. Once they realize that, you know, their ideas are enough, better than enough, they're perfect. What they choose to do is cool <laughs> and doesn't have to be anything fancy. So that's one part. The other part is to be very comfortable about our personal boundary and our plan for the day and what we're going to do um, that isn't about keeping our child occupied. Now, one thing this mother mentions is that she tries set it, she has tried setting up activities and that doesn't work. I wouldn't set up activities because that's saying, you need me to get you going here. You need me to get you playing. That's not the message we want to give anymore. That isn't a helpful message. That's creating more dependency. So we don't do anything. We just have the play area. I mean, ideally for younger children, it's hard to establish at age three, but this woman for her younger child, her 10-month-old, I would have a safe gated area, a small room or a hallway or part of a room that we can gate off where that child can be completely safe and not have all the distractions of testing and getting into things that you know we don't want them to get into and us not interrupting. And they can therefore lose themselves in play and get deeply involved. It's easier for them when they're not distracted. So with a three-year-old, that's going to be hard to establish if you haven't established it. But what you can do and what, what needs to be done is that you still have the personal boundary that sometimes I'm able to do my job with you where I get to sit with you and we have this once nothing time together. And again, it will always help if this is predictable in terms of there's certain times that my mother sits with me while I play and hangs with me and other times of day, it's not time on the clock, but time after lunch or before lunch or whatever that my mother goes and does her thing and she isn't playing with me. So the routine of the day will help quite a bit for children to be able to get used to this idea. And, you know, and then they almost look forward to, okay, now here's my time and this is what she's going to do. Oftentimes young children, they just want to know what's going on, what to expect in their day. If their days are completely different every day, it's hard for them to settle into a routine because there isn't one. And there's nothing that they can, you know, predict, feel some control over in terms of their day and their schedule. So that will help a lot. But then when you do go, and even if this is just, I'm going to the bathroom now, <laughs> feel really good about making that boundary. Feel really good about this is what I'm doing. And if she decides to follow you around whining, whining, oh, I can't, I need you, I need you, you know, whatever it is. Asking you 50 times, 
you've got to be able to let go of that. You've got to be able to let go. You know, you turn to her, you nod your head. You're having a hard time with this today. You don't want me to go do my thing. You keep doing it. If she's holding onto your legs and you're in the kitchen and you're trying to do something and now I need to move over here, you know, get a song going in your mind, la la la. And, um, oh, wow, you're holding my legs and I need to move over here. I need to move your arms so that I can move over here. But be cool, calm, and collected about it so that this doesn't have power, so that she can let go of trying to test this limit. She can't let go until you let go. And you letting go will mean you can ask me 50 times and, you know, I'm sorry you're having a hard time today feeling really comfortable about doing what you're doing and having that personal boundary. That's the only way this can work. Because if there's something for her to hold on to, if she's bothering you, it's getting to you, it's going to keep her hooked in. And that isn't as loving as being strong in ourselves and sure of ourselves so that she can say, okay, well, this isn't doing anything for me. I'm going to go do what I need to do. Or do what I want to do, or just let go of this and find something to do. Another important aspect of this is understanding that, I don't know, I have the sense that this mother maybe thinks that play looks a certain way, rather than play could be, you know, in this transitional period, play could be her daughter following her around and her mother confidently continuing what she's doing, not ignoring her but ignoring the annoyance of the behavior, you know? So you can turn to her every once in a while after she's, you know, asked you 10 times and you say, yeah, you're still asking me. You're still having a hard time. Not letting it bother us. I would never tell her, go play. You go do this right now. You need to play. You know, we can't play because someone tells us to play. Play is more organic than that. You know, and again, that's sort of like directing her again. Now I'm directing you to play. I wouldn't tell her to play. I wouldn't set up an activity for her. I would merely say, this is what I'm doing. And obviously having an environment for her where she has some things to play with. And But, you know, again, in the beginning and sometimes with children, you know, sometimes with a one-year-old or a 15-month-old, there's times when we have a gated in area and they're at the gate, you know, and sometimes they're at the gate because the gate's a pretty interesting part of a play area, really. It's got bars, it's got something that they can pull on and and uh, maybe even climb on a little bit. They see through it. You know, it's not just because a child is at the gate doesn't mean that, that they feel trapped and they're tortured and all of that. Sometimes they're just exploring that. Other times they are saying, no, don't go. I don't want you to go. But it doesn't sound like that. Maybe it sounds like they're really upset and they're, you know, abandoned. First of all, if we have this as a regular routine, and then on top of that, we've told our child we're leaving to go to the bathroom or do something in the kitchen, and we're not milking those experiences. We're just, you know, if our child's upset, we're obviously going to come back pretty quickly. But it's important to still speak to the strength in your child. You don't want me to go do this right now. I hear you. You can always tell me. I want to know what you're thinking. I'll be back. That kind of comfort. Children need that from us. They're taking their tone from us always. So whenever we're not comfortable, whenever we're not sure of what we're doing, they are going to have a really hard time settling in. You know, it makes sense. I mean, they need a leader there and that's us. 
the leader's not sure what's going on, then they have to hang on. They can't let go and be with themselves. So this isn't a defect in a child that, you know, my child can't. Most of the time when parents have a difficulty with this, it's because they have a strong-willed child that <laughs> wants to control everything that parent does. You know, Magda Gerber used to say, they want a slave. Of course, you know, you belong to me every second. I'm not going to let you go to the bathroom without screaming at you. And, you know, that doesn't mean they're bad kids. That's a fine thing to ask for. That's part of their job to see where the boundaries are, what what we do and what we don't do, and, and if we're sure of ourselves, most of all. And that's what they need, and that's what they really want. So there is only positives in this adjustment, and I highly recommend it. It is wonderful for children. It's wonderful for parents. When we are with our child, we enjoy hanging out with them because we don't have to use our energy so much. We can enjoy what they're doing. Children will come and they'll hand you things and bring you into their play. Just be the passive audience. Don't say, oh, well, why don't we do this now? You know, I mean, once in a while, of course, you know, we can always do anything once in a while. But if that's the norm, then we do risk creating dependencies like this parent sounds like has created. So I hope this makes sense. <laughs> I hope this helps. And I've written a lot of articles about this on my website. If you Google Janet Lansbury play or play Janet Lansbury and also check out my books, there's a whole well-rounded approach in elevating childcare, a guide to respectful parenting that will help you be able to nurture independent play in your children. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget, we can definitely do this. <laughs>